Welcome to episode 29 of the Forward from 50 podcast, where we interview people over 50 who are pursuing new direction for their lives. It's an opportunity for men and women to tell their stories, their way, in their own words. I'm Greg Gerber, the founder of Forward from 50, and your host for today's show. Today I'm interviewing a man and woman from Louisiana who had it all, well-paying jobs and a magnificent house on a private 110-acre lake, but they gave it all up to enjoy a life of adventure. Mike Gill became an insurance agent at the age of 18, and due to his tremendous productivity, he worked his way up to a manager in a job he held for 41 years. His wife Betty was a senior vice president at a locally owned bank. They had a lifestyle that many people would find envious. But in 2014, their lives took a sudden turn. They lost an 18-day-old grandson. Betty's house burned to the ground. Even worse, two of their closest friends, ages 48 and 57, died of heart attacks. When that happened, Mike told Betty, I'm coming home tomorrow. I'm not going to die doing what I'm doing right now, knowing there's something else for us. The couple didn't have anywhere near the $2 million financial experts claim people need to retire comfortably. But they did own a motorhome and loved to travel. They discovered work camping as a way to help finance their travel dreams by working short-term jobs for various employers around the country. They loved to travel and meet new people. So when an opportunity came up for them to work at Dollywood Amusement Park in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, they didn't hesitate. Mike and Betty had visited Dollywood on their honeymoon in 2006 and were anxious to spend an entire season at the park. While attending a training class on their very first day, they noticed a statement on the first page of the employee handbook. It said, God has you here for a purpose. Betty turned to Mike and proclaimed they weren't leaving the park until told to do so. Today, the couple works two jobs in the area. One is a camp host for an RV park in Pigeon Forge, and the other is in the food service department at Dollywood. Both jobs give them plenty of spending money and a free RV site. Most importantly, it allows them to put their people skills to work, mentoring teenagers and young adults, and changing the direction of their lives. To tell us their story of travel, adventure, and life-changing encounters with other people, please welcome Mike and Betty Gill to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Mike and Betty. I really appreciate your time. So tell me a little bit about you folks, like where you're from and where you are right now. Okay. Uh, we both grew up in the area of Franklinton, Louisiana. She was in a little town of Enon. I was in a little town of Mount Hermon and uh, graduated high school in 1974. I did, but uh, my dad was a contractor and I thought I was going to build houses the rest of my life. I made it from May to December of that year. And I told my dad I was working the wrong end. I wanted to work my head instead of my, my, my body because it was too hot and everything. And a friend of mine came by and um, mentioned that they were needing a sales agent for the insurance industry. And at the age of 18, I went to sell an insurance and uh, just was amazing. The words, uh, it was a straight life company and. Second year with the company, I was number two producer out of 365 agents. Then they made me a manager at the age of 22. And uh, then at 24, another company, Farm Bureau, hired me as an agent. And then they, I became manager with them at 24. And uh, God's been good. <laughs> so insurance business of 41 years that allowed, allowed me to walk away in my 50s to do something different. That's neat. What about you, Betty? I was a country girl, grew up in the country in the Tungle Plantation. 
that my family had. And same with Mike, graduated high school, 71, and started working at a local, locally owned bank and family-owned bank. And 38 years later, I retired as senior vice president with the company. And it was just a wonderful organization to work with. And I've been retired now going on 15 years. So it was all good. And Greg, what was amazing when we met ever how many years ago, our stories, neither one of us went to college. We came straight out of high school, went to work in the workforce and worked ourselves up to the top. Yeah, I can imagine you were able to do that back then without any problem. In fact, people were encouraged to do that. You mentioned something, Mike, that I think plagues a lot of people is that they wind up being told when they're very young that you're going to work in this particular field or in this career, especially with family business. So for you, you were told you were going to build houses for your father. It wasn't anything you were passionate about, but you're kindly pushed in that direction but eventually realized that you needed to do something else. So I'm glad you realized that early rather than staying stuck in a career you didn't like for so many years. Oh, absolutely. It's the difference in a job and a career is what I tell everybody. So many people are working jobs they don't like, but if you're in a career, like I I think we were, we loved our work every day. It was up to the point we walked away from it. So what are you guys doing now that's bringing a lot of purpose and excitement to your life? Every day is an adventure with this guy, and but our the main thing that we're doing now is we have the opportunity or have have taken on the opportunity now for eight years to work two and three days at Dollywood Theme Park in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. When we retired, we knew we didn't want to sit down and not not do anything. And we've had the opportunity to be there for, like I said, the last eight years. And it's been very rewarding. So you folks are work campers, meaning that you are. And do you have any other work camping jobs besides Dollywood? Are you focused entirely on Dollywood? We were. We hit the road in 2015 and uh, traveling, and we did some work camping up in Indiana. We did some work camping jobs for Work Camper News, and Steve Anderson hired us to, to work all the RV shows and, and do a podcast and seminars. So we did that as we traveled. And uh, when we got here and plugged into Dollywood, one thing happened. Went to their university, their training, and we opened the manual, and the first page in the manual said, God has you here for a purpose. And she looked at me and she says, we're not leaving until they tell us. Being that, and us being Christians, and we don't take that lightly. We tell everyone that we are Christians and it is a Christian theme park. They let us pray with people and we've had Bible study there. And it's an amazing, a secular theme park can do that. And got gospel singing there. It's just, it's through us, of course, with the culture that they are with what we're looking for. And we can say Merry Christmas and we can say God bless you. And and it's just it just creates a di- different atmosphere for everyone that comes. Daily, we are told by our guests how much they appreciate that and how unusual it is this day and time. So we're blessed to be able to part of that culture. Was there anything in particular that drew you to Dollywood or did you just uh, stumble upon it? When we went to the seminar with Work Camper News and decided that we wanted to travel and work camp as we travel, we spent our honeymoon at Dollywood. 
17 years ago. And, let's, and we said, let's start where we began. And, and we're still here. But one of the things, Greg, that really called our attention as we were, of course, Mike doesn't meet a stranger. And I love that about, I tell everybody I can hear him before I can see him because he's always laughing. And that's such a beautiful thing to stay in time. But when we were there on our money man talking to everybody at Dollywood, uh, one thing that really stood out to us, the longevity of so many of the hosts that were there. Case in point, we just had this precious couple that just retired after 30 years of being at Dollywood, and that was after 30 years as teachers in the educational field. So just the longevity, it's amazing at what we find there. When you find that, you find satisfied satisfaction with what they're doing. That that meant a lot to us. What kind of jobs do you folks do for Dollywood? We're in the food industry. We were told when we started work camping, do not do foods. That's the hardest working job and the least respected job. And everybody that was doing work camping did everything to talk us out of it. So we went and signed up for attractions. We wanted to run the kitty rides. <laughs> and they called us later on. They says, we absolutely don't have any openings to run the kitty rides. Would y'all work in foods? And we said, plug us in. And they and I love to cook. Whereas I do a lot of cooking outside and I come there and they teach me the recipes and, uh, and uh, get to cook. And the main thing is we get to serve and we get to move around quite a bit. And we get to see people. That's, we're both people and we love to interact. And so we love to be in positions where we can do that. I've been a cashier for several of the booths. I've been a hostess at a couple of the restaurants. Mike has been, what else? Yes, that here again, cooking, he does a lot of that in the booths. And we just move around all over the park. We, and our catering, it's quite diverse because one Saturday a few weeks ago, we had the opportunity to, and the catering, how it works there, businesses and corporations will have a family day for all of their employees. And that includes a lunch in the pavilions where we work and then we take care with we have a production kitchen there that takes care of all of it and then we take care of making sure they've got their food and their drinks and all and so that's we had over three thousand coal miners there a few weeks ago that we served on one saturday and as we go from that till this past weekend we had what 300 or so and so it's the diversity of the people that we get to meet on a, a weekly basis that are coming in there with their companies. And I know, Greg, you don't, we're going to try not to make this a Dollywood. Right. <laughs> I just want to say, I thought, there's no doubt that God brought us here. I have a 38-year-old special son, and he has to have someone with him 24 hours a day. And Dollywood is amazing how they plug these people in, these young kids, these adult special people, and, and they feel special. And my son, he goes there and everybody in that park wants him working for them. They say he's the hardest worker and it's given him purpose that he didn't have before we got here. And that's a big addition. Does your son live with you? Yes. He lives with us and travels with us. Uh -huh. Very good. 
Now, I understand you had an interesting experience not too long ago with a young child, and it involved making s'mores for that kid. Why don't you tell people that, about that? Yes, it was amazing. No words that they paid me to make s'mores. Fires to burn it. Keep the fires burning. And I guess that was the best job I've ever had. And, and I, I interact with kids. So whereas Betty had bought me some butterflies and if I find a kid crying, I go and I say, if I give you a butterfly, will you not let him fly away? And, and we'll get to talking and the kid will quit crying and mom and dad's happy. So this kid came in a stroller about two years old and had no expression. So I got down on my knees and started doing my thing, high fives and everything. And the kid wouldn't cooperate with me. And. Mama tapped me on the shoulder and I stood up and she said, he, he's never smiled, no expression, has never talked. And I said, what's his diagnosis? She said, we don't know. We don't know. We're searching. And I said, would you mind? She said, no, you do what you want to. And so I took the kid out of the stroller and we went over to the s'mores pit and we made s'mores and cooked s'mores and, and he got to where he would fist bump me and do a few things. But when I took my straw hat, we are in overalls and a straw hat and I took it off my head and place it on his head, the kid busted out in the biggest smile that you would ever want to see. And of course, mama started crying. Then I started crying, and, <laughs> but I didn't know Dollywood that my boss was sitting there taking pictures of that. And he nominated me for the Blue Ribbon Grand Champion Award of Dollywood and had a banquet. And I didn't do that for that, but it was very good. <laughs> Is it challenging to be working with so many different generations at Dollywood? It's a daily challenge, and we laugh because we think of all the, every day's a new day with that, too. It's another thing that Dollywood does an incredible job with is hiring international students. We have young kids that we're working with from Thailand, from New Zealand, from Jamaica, from Dominican Republic, it's just all over. And they come here and really put us in our place because... They come here and they work. They want to work 24-7. They are amazing young people. And they do a lot of hiring with the local colleges and and high schools. And it, it is a, it's an eye-opening experience every day because Mike and I were in the service business for our entire corporate, you know, the years that we worked in the corporate world. And that culture has changed now. And uh, so we have opportunities daily to, to mentor these, these young adults. And, but one thing, Steve Anderson, when we went to work camp new seminar that got us started back in 2014 in Heber Springs, Arkansas, repeatedly the week that we were there at that seminar, Steve kept reminding us, do not go into any work camper experience with preconceived expectations. Can we go in there and just totally change everything? Yes, we can. Are we? No, we're not. Because just like Steve says, we're in there to help whomever that whatever position we were put in, we are there to help. Now, the good thing about that is in the afternoons, we get to leave and we're not uh, having to worry about quotas or quality or staffing or the supplies or anything so that every day so every day a challenge yes greg i will will say a couple of weeks ago they came to us and offered management positions and we turned them down that we we don't feel like that's the direction that we are going and uh, there's 
you asked about the different makeup of the children and young people and everything. We found when we came there, there was quite a few young people from broken homes. There was a lot of foster children. And we had just got through back in Louisiana. The Catholic Charities had a mentoring program for kids who could pass the LEAP test in junior high. So they brought those kids in and assigned them to us. And each one, Betty and I both had a young person. And a matter of fact, that's been about 10 years ago. And I'm still mentoring that young man. He ended up passing his LEAP and he went to college. He graduated and now he's working full time, but we became best friends. Oh, that's a sweet story. And is he working at Dollywood? No, he is working with the U.S. Postal Service now. And But in the eighth grade, he could not get out of eighth grade because he couldn't pass the state test. And by mentoring him, I found out he could not read. And they had passed him all the way up to eighth grade. And But the young man loved sports. So I started giving all the sports books. And I said, now, when you get through reading this, come back, I'm going to give you another book. And he read all the books and got his reading skills up and was able to pass. That's just it. You tapped into something <laughs> that the kid loves to do and he wants yep. to learn more about. And when you made it interesting and fun, the kid just embraced it and he wanted to learn. He wanted to know more. So that's great. Was this mentoring opportunity through Dollywood or from the other organization? That was from Catholic Charities back in okay. Washington Parish, Louisiana, that they started. And it was tremendous. Oh, my goodness. When they announced it, the volunteers came. Betty and I went up and volunteered. And just to see what, and that's the only thing that's going to change communities and this world is mentors. In other words, we have got to mentor these young people who have, don't have the opportunity in their home. Are you still mentoring now? At Dollywood. At Dollywood. Okay, so <laughs> we, you're the we, younger employees. Oh, yeah, we probably, we always keep 10 or so going that the Connors, the Patricks, we can name a bunch of them that we feel like that we have, not only that we've helped their life, but they've been, they have blessed our life words by being there with them and seeing the change. I had this young man, the words, that was getting ready to let him go. And the manager brought him to me and says, Mike, he said, can you do anything with Connor? He says, I've had it. He says, I'm ready to send him home. And so they assigned him to me. So I mentored him and brought him in. I found out he was ADHD and would not take his medicine. And so we was a, I was able to, my son is AD. So I knew something was going on that was relative to my son. And so when I started asking him questions, he said, yeah, I just don't, I don't like to take that stuff. And I said, Connery, I said, you can't function. And, but I went back to my boss after we figured everything out. And I said, now he's ADHD. You've got to give him little small tasks at a time. And once he finishes those small tasks, then you move on to the next task. And we did, and he is he still works. And the beauty of that, Greg, is he was 15 years old. So that uh, get, getting him at that age and working with him, and that's the beauty of so many of them that we do get to work with. They're young, so not that we're superhuman or anything by by that, we're just able there to plant the seed along the way, and then we get the beauty of watching it grow as they continue. How do you find people to mentor? Do they assign them to you like they did with this young man, or do you just no, come alongside it, people? It's not, it's not a mentoring program. They have not asked us to mentor. It's just by us being there. There's something that these kids are attracted to us. <laughs> I guess we talk to, we talk to everybody whether they're young or old, and we friend them and we invite them to church and some of them come go to church with us. 
and and we build off that friendship. And the first year we was there, we probably mentored. There was at least ten that we said we had this one girl that all she would do was lay on the floor and cry. And uh, since then, she has graduated nursing school, and it's amazing what's happened since that time. But at the end of that year, we called them all together, and we asked Hollywood. And we, the book I read when I was 18 years old that made a difference in my life is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I went back and read it again this past year, and I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did all that. And but we gave each one of them a copy of that, and then we were, from then on, words from the mentoring and trying to help, we've seen some of those young people there in management now with Dollywood. So many of them, Greg, are just starving for attention. They don't get it. Like said, we had some that grew up in the orphanage here and some that are being raised by grandparents. We're seeing great-grandparents now that are raising them. And so many of them are just wanting attention. And it's amazing how so many times you just start talking to them and you just see the look on their face. It's, you're interested in me. And so we all need to be doing I'll need to be doing more of that. I agree wholeheartedly. So many kids are growing up in single parent homes or not without a biological parent at all. And for you folks to come alongside them and just be their mentors and teach them the basic skills and just talk to them about life. I think that is wonderful. Can I ask how old you are? Go ahead. <laughs> I respect my elders. <laughs> oh, no. I'll be honest. I robbed the cradle. But that's another thing. We have to be so conscious of what we're doing every day because life just it happens in a hurry. I just, my last birthday, I turned 70. And Mike, as I said, I rocked the cradle. He's 67. And it was like, whoo, how did this get here so soon? So we got to take advantage of it. That's right. So not only are you a little bit older, you've got different values than is being taught today in school and even being promoted in society. And you're coming alongside these kids and just speaking truth into their lives. I love that. It's our blessing. Oh, we are, we're the ones that get the blessing from it. But we just pray every day that when people see us, it's not about us. And Mike can say that many times over. It's about that we want them to see the hands and feet of Jesus. And so we open our mouths and he takes care of the rest. So it, it's a blessing. I understand you work at Dollywood three days a week. That's correct. We, the week now when we first came there, we told them four days and one week we worked 77 hours. And so we had to regroup. (laughs) Wow. So so we're down to three days a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then here at the campground, we work Empress here. We, we work enough hours where we don't pay any rent on our motorhome. So we have no, no expenses. And, uh, and with the work happening, what I see that's going to help people retire early or I walked away at 58 years old and I did not have the $2 million in the bank that I thought I had to have to retire. Work camping allows the income and then whereas if you're like us living in your motor home and you work camp at a campground and believe me, it's not hard. It's basically riding around in a golf cart talking to people and they take care of our site, which would normally cost us 1000 $1,500 a month. And then Dollywood pays us all total about $17 an hour. And uh, so we're, we have not started drawing any of our retirement money because we're work camping. We're debt free when we left and work camping has allowed us to retire in our fifties is what it's done. But we do have work camping friends that were not as edu- well fortunate as us 
to leave the corporate world financially secure, and they have to work 40 hours a week. And there is so many opportunities out there as we have traveled and so many opportunities here at Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I think the unemployment rate here is like 2%. And so there are, there's just many opportunities for those of whatever means that you need, whether you need those 40 hours a week or just a couple of days. We have some that just work one or two days. And so the variety out there is there. And Greg, the other misconception that, that I, of course, I sold, I sold investments. I was in the insurance financial business and everything. And when I'm teaching, you got to have at least 80% of your income to retire and and all this, and it's not true with us. Of course, when we walked away from corporate, we made sure we were debt-free. That was some things we had to prepare early when we turned 50 that we knew we, we couldn't have debt. So we started doubling up on house notes and anything we had. And by 2014, we, we were debt-free and we walked away January 1 from our corporate jobs and, uh, and went to 20% income. And not- we haven't gone to bed hungry yet. It helps that Dollywood feeds you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, as long as we work and we get to eat free, so it works out great. <laughs> but you're absolutely right about debt. It's such a crusher and a killer for so many dreams. It's Your retirement is entirely different if you don't have any debt at all, as opposed to somebody who has 1000 or $2,000 in monthly payments they've got to meet every month. So yeah, it absolutely. certainly gives you more options. He was talking about our friends. The words we have friends that liked what we did, so they they sold the house, had to go buy a RV and a new car, and so that they had to finance some things to hit the road where we didn't. We already had a motorhome paid for. So you're working the three days at Dollywood and the other three days or three or four days at the campground. We work Monday and Tuesday at the campground, only from eight to three, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday at Dollywood. Super. What else do you do that brings excitement into your life? Well, we just got through riding our bikes 33 miles in the Smoky Mountains and up and down. Of course, they are electric bikes. I won't lie to you, but we still paddle. And, uh, but we get good exercise. I bet almost 2,000 miles on my bike and we do a lot of biking and hiking and what else? Yes. (laughs) We've recently had been blessed to purchase some property about 20 miles northeast of here in Dandridge, Tennessee. Where before we would spend more time out and about, we are working, Mike's been working real hard on land development there. So that's, that's been fun. And we are totally transitioned everything from Louisiana to Tennessee. So we are a, we were just talking about that earlier today. Did you ever think that we would be resident of Tennessee? And of course, it never, ever entered either one of our minds. It's been an amazing ride. Is there anything still on your bucket list that you'd like to accomplish? Oh, we still want to travel outside Tennessee. And, uh, and we feel like next year we will hit the road again during off season. We, when we started Dollywood, we only worked spring and fall and uh, they, they keep coming to us. Can y'all please give us all the full, and, and we've gotten to be friends with all the way up to the president. We, when we get there come March, they all come see us and they said, now y'all let us know if there's anything that we need to do. And they do it. They have just rolled out the red carpet. But we want to go west and we want to see all the national parks. And we feel like that we will start that next year and we'll be taking some time off. And we had the pleasure of taking a great trip up the East Coast. And we had the opportunity to work a RV show in Hershey, Pennsylvania. 
So we took advantage of that and we spent a month on the road. And that's what work camping is all about. You pick your destination that you want to go on vacation. And then you start looking through Work Camper News and to see what opportunities are out there and what you would like to do. And you go and you do it for six months or you typically, they like you to stay. The businesses like you to stay six months. But one thing that they have found whenever they hire Work Campers, they're getting a trained workforce. And we know what punctuality is all about. We know how to be dedicated. And there's so many of those things that, here again, are not high priorities this day and time. So whenever they, not that we are so incredible, that, uh, but it's just we come there trained. And we know you tell us one time and we can take care of it. I understand you found a couple of tools that have really helped you enhance your travels called Gypsy and Just Ahead. Why don't you describe what those can do for people? Amazing, Greg. When growing up in corporate, of course, my company sent us on four vacations a year paid for, and they had all the tour guides and everything, and that's all over the world, up in just about every country. And we get out here, and all of a sudden, we've got to do our own trip planning. So we knew we was going up the East Coast to work at the RV show. And so I, I started going to every state. We were in 20 states in 30 days. So I went to every state and on their website, it was named Maine and one below Maine. Vermont. Thank you. Yeah. They had the gypsy, gypsy Vermont and it was $4 and 95 cents. And I said, let's try this. So I downloaded it on my phone and we was in Vermont. We left out that, that morning at eight o'clock. And this thing kicks on my radio and says, I'm so glad to have you join me today. And I said, what in the world is that? Well, that was the gypsy app. The words, I don't know, I guess it's by satellite or something. It lets you know that you're in Vermont on Highway 1. And this lady entertained us for 12 hours that, and told us where to go drink coffee, where to go get cheese and bread. And it was just the most amazing thing. And so we traveled with gypsy. And most, a lot of states have gypsy. Type in gypsy in the state, and if you all the national parks are under just ahead. And uh, whereas I talked to a friend that went to Yellowstone, and he had the just ahead app on his phone. He said I saw everything in four days with that app, and he said it took us every place. And, and there's places on there that's not on a not on a map. It's not on. It's not in a book. I don't know who wrote that, but they're very good. But they took us off the beaten path to some places to see that were just amazing. And at 12 o'clock that night, whenever we, she came on and she said, this is where I get out. And it was like, oh my gosh, we've lost our best friend because it's like she had been sitting in the back seat the whole entire day. And it was, it just made for just a wonderful time. And like Mike said, there's so many things that we would have had to, uh, to look into and that would have taken away from the time that mm. she was telling us turn right here it's not there's going to be a waterfall down here but it's not on the map and the places she took us was it, amazing but what was really cute she was she said right ahead is coffee shop she would name the coffee shop and she said i take cream and sugar in my latte it's so very personal so it was it made for a great trip so it's not the mapping function, but it actually knows where you're located and can point you yes. to things near you right at that moment. 
Yes, it it tells you where to turn. You don't have to. You don't have to have a separate GPS as long as you as long as she's talking to you. She tells you exactly where to turn. Do you have any regrets in this lifestyle, or is there anything you would do differently if you had to start over? Done it sooner. I, and Greg, we've talked about it. The words we really waited till a catastrophe came along to do this. So, whereas in 2014 we lost an 18 day old grandson, Betty's house burnt down to the ground. Two good friends of ours, one was 48, one was 57, died of a heart attack. This is all in 2014. Wow. And when I, and we've been, we've been praying and talking about what's, what is the next chapter in, in 2013, we really started talking about it. And, uh, and we were sitting out on the deck and uh, Betty had already retired. And every day when I'd come home, she said, when you coming home, when you coming home. So I just told her, I said, look, nobody that makes the kind of money I make quits. I said, this go and. And then all this stuff started happening and I said, oh my gosh, what have I said? And when I got the call, it was Easter Sunday. I'll never forget. There was a friend of mine, 48 years old, and he's a preacher and he was preaching and it was Easter Sunday. He said, I know y'all got places to go, but God's given me a message and I've got to give it. He gave the invitation and he died right there in the front of the church. And, and I got the call and he was our youth pastor at one time. And uh, that brother Denny had died. And I looked at Betty. I says, I'll be at my home office tomorrow and resign. And I said, we're not going to, I'm not going to die doing what I'm doing right now, knowing that there's some, something else for us. So we, you know, what we walked away from and not knowing anything of what we were going to do, but uh, wouldn't go back. It's been nine years now and uh, would not go back and do anything differently. What do you miss? You miss your family, your friends back in Louisiana and places. But we, the biggest question to ask us is, how can y'all leave your grandchildren like that? We see our grandchildren more now than we did when we was working in the corporate world because we go stay a month at a time with them in our motorhome and they move in with us and, uh, and we're at their ball game. We take time to go to all their ball, their ball games. We'll go in and stay a month and watch football and basketball and tennis. So we see our grandkids, but we tell everybody, you talk about all those people that are raising their children, their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. We thank God that we raised our children to raise our chi our grandchildren the way we would raise them, and we don't have to. Now, if we had to, we would, whereas in most of the people that are doing this because their children got on drugs that we have met across America, and it's, uh, it's a crying shame. So many people ask us, what is your favorite place, places to go, places to stay? And we immediately tell them it's not the places, it's the people that God puts in our lives. We have got friends all over the United States from bike getting fuel. The only time we have to stop is when, of course, we're getting fuel. Kyle and I are in the RV, and we'll look at each other because we'll hear his daddy laughing at the end, back of the, the RV, and it's we call it a God thing. And Kyle will look at me, and he said, <laughs> there goes another God thing. So whenever he comes in, it's amazing the stories that we have, and he talks about when we first started, I was keeping a journal of every day, and it became not burdensome, but I couldn't keep up with it because of everything that was happening every day. So I said, we're just going to have to remember along the way. And, but that's, it's the people. It's just, it's just been amazing. The story she's talking about, Greg, we were in our pickup truck and the windshield wiper motor went out and I couldn't see my, through my windshield. We were in Vermont. And so I pulled into a 7-Eleven just to clean my windshield. And this lady pulls up in a duly picked up truck. 
And I just about how she started talking to me. And, and then, you know, I said, we're full-time RVers. And she just stopped and start, almost started crying. And she said, oh my God. And I said, did I say something wrong? And her name is Shireen. And she said, oh, we just sold everything. And we're, we just bought our fifth wheel and we just bought this truck. But we, my husband and I prayed this morning. He says, God, you send someone to me today that will let me know that what we're doing is not crazy and that you were in this. And we both started crying. And that is a, wild. A <laughs> and we're best friends with these people today, Shireen and Ann. They're, they're, she's a nurse, traveling nurse. And she, they're out in Texas. She's working a pregnancy crisis center now and a very strong Christian. And we met them at 7-Eleven because my wipers broke. But one, one thing we are seeing is, especially with COVID, COVID taught the business world that so many things could be done virtual. They don't have to have the sticks and bricks. He's always Stephen Cooper that from Work Camper News always talked about. They don't need the buildings. They don't need the structures anymore. The, their employees can work from their home. Well, we're seeing so many young families because work campers not just 50 and older we're seeing those in their 30s and their 40s and they are working virtually and we've got several friends here in our campground that work virtually mm-hmm. and they're homeschooling their kiddos and one of the ladies that we talked to she said whenever we are studying Gettysburg we want our kids to be in Gettysburg when we're studying the Grand Canyon we want them to be in the Grand Canyon and she said, we are, that's our hope and prayer is that throughout their 12 years of education, they will have seen all of America during that time. So that, that's been fun to watch. That's excellent. I know that homeschooling is a, road schooling, I guess is what they call it. Where they oh, take road people schooling to do. now. Yes. And you're right about the jobs all being virtual. There's no reason why the job that you perform having to drive into an office to sit at a cubicle using the employer's computer can't be done on an RV using your own computer. Absolutely. Do you have any advice for people over the age of 50 to either help them identify or pursue their passions? The main thing you just got to be, have the desire to do it. And it's not easy. The first day that I'll cry now, the first day that we drove out of our home and we had a uh, two homes. We had a main house, we had a guest house, and we lived on a private 110-acre lake that was just a magnificent place, and we thank God for that. And everyone thought we were crazy whenever we decided to sell everything and get on the road, but we've got gypsy in our blood. And we both looked at each other and cried and said, in the world, what are you thinking? But you get out on the highway and you go over that first hill or make that turn and everything is just wide open and new. You have a new adventure literally all the time. And people ask, what do we need? What do I need to, what advice do you need to give me? And the main thing is you got to do your with and you got to like small places and you got to like adventure. And we are blessed to be best friends. And so we've got all of that taken care of because, like I said, we've got gypsy in our blood and every day truly is an adventure. That's great. How can people connect with you if they'd like to get in touch with you or stay in touch, follow your adventures? 
oh, we give our cell phone number out. Uh, ask them, <laughs> we, uh, we ask them to text us so I'll know because my phone will not ring and numbers not in my contact. So if they can test us at 985-515-1295. And then we use Betty's is, uh, email is makingmemories53 at gmail.com. And face, go ahead, Facebook. And then face Facebook. Really, and that's another thing, Greg, that whenever we started this, we were reluctant to do all of this world of posting on Facebook because we felt it was boasting. Look at us. And it's not about us. Absolutely not about it. But so many people that knew what we were doing said, you got to. We traveled through you. We didn't start this soon enough. The, the One of the spouses has passed away. We were going to do this. We were going to do what you're doing, but we waited too long, thinking that we had time or we were trying to get everything in order. So the main thing, I use Facebook, and they say they travel through Facebook with us. But ironically, we have to look at Facebook to see where we were last week and what we were doing. So it keeps us up to date. But our Facebook post is Mike Betty Gill. Mike Betty Gill. And Mike and Betty's together and then Space. Yeah, you know, Space and Gill. Space yeah. and then Gill. Very good. Well, get, you, you asked for his advice. I guess it gets to a point, especially when you get beyond 50, that you've got to ask yourself the question is, if I was to die right now, have I already done the things that I want to do? Or is there some things that I still want to do? And is my position that I'm at right now stopping me from doing that? And uh, and that's when I, whenever we started losing a lot of our friends, or we're, we've lost five best friends to COVID that uh, had just retired. I'm talking about within the year that they died of COVID. And they had worked all the way to 65 for one of these and had plans and had the money to do it with, but they're dead and gone. And just in this past year, I went through cancer. I went through hip replacement. Both of us had COVID. We had some health issues last year. It was I'm cancer free. It was everything's great, but it may not have been. And when I got cancer, I told everybody, I said, look, if the good Lord decides to take me the opposite direction, you tell everybody I've lived a great life. Don't feel sorry for me. And that's where I feel now. Now, had I died nine years ago in a position that I've been working corporate for 40 years, I had not done everything that I wanted. That's a very good point. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I was inspired by it and I know others will be too. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity, Greg. I'm very grateful to Mike and Betty Gill for sharing their fabulous story with us today. They realized the money they made and the nice house they owned were wonderful perks, but the couple felt called to do much more in the second half of their lives. Being strong people of faith, Mike and Betty wanted their lives to have an impact on other people. The couple found opportunity to make a difference everywhere they looked. Simply stopping at a gas station to clean a windshield became an answer to prayer for another couple seeking confirmation about a major life decision. A young boy who had a hard time showing any emotion or interacting with others burst into a smile during a moment that brought tears to his mother and major recognition to Mike for demonstrating Dollywood's values and commitment to families. A teenager with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder was about to lose his job then Mike suggested a way for managers to tap into the young man's strengths. 
saved his job and he continues to thrive today. Betty has mentored young people from Thailand, New Zealand, Jamaica, and the Dominican Republic, and all over the world who come to Dollywood to work. Together, the couple has become surrogate grandparents for orphans, foster children, and others who never benefited from such relationships, as well as people who miss their own grandparents. When the Gills aren't working at Dollywood or the RV park, they have been traveling all around the country. Many people often ask them about their favorite places to visit, but Betty immediately tells them it's not about the places, but the people God puts in their lives that is important. Today, Mike and Betty have friends all over the United States. To connect with Mike and Betty, email makingmemories53 at gmail.com or look for Mike Betty Gill on Facebook. That's all I have for this week's show. If you'd like help in identifying a purpose for your life or to get help planning your next steps, I'm offering a complimentary brainstorming session to members of the Forward from 50 Facebook community. For details, connect with me on Facebook or visit www.forwardfrom50.com. I'll have another inspirational interview on the next episode of the Forward from 50 podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you download the episodes. 